Hello, and welcome to the Fight and Dirty Podcast. I am Don Cotton, here with Ray Rapp and Colin from Washington Township. It is Monday, May 23rd, and we are here to talk about Philly sports. How, man, how about... Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Can you imagine actually doing a show like that? Come on now. What up, what up, what up? What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is your boy, Don Cotton, Ray Rap, Seaman, and Colin from Washington Township. We are back after an astronomically biblical hiatus, and it is time for us to bring you up to speed at everything that we have personally missed. Let's get it started. We're going to be talking about the Eagles. We're going to be talking about the end of Sixer season. We're going to be talking about the Phillies and their ongoing... Eh. So... Let's get into it. Let's flip the coin here. Let's go with, I think we should talk birds first. Birds first. How do you like that draft? Um, I'm impartial to the draft, but I'm hyped about that A.J. Brown signing. Howie Roseman is the GOAT. I, The draft was pretty good. Getting to Kobe Dean, I think, was an absolute steal. That's a steal. I don't like our first-round pick, to be honest. Jordan Davis, nose tackle, 350-pounder on national championship team. What don't you like about this guy? He only only played like 30% of their snaps. Run stuffer? You could call it when he doesn't take a playoff. Interesting. Which he does. Now, most players in college take plays off. No, I mean, like, while he's on the field, he takes plays off. Ooh. And that doesn't pair well with a Fletcher Cox who does the same thing. Well, my issue with the Jordan Davis pick is... It, how is he going to pair with Fletcher Cox? Like, how are they going to get him on the field together? Because we played a lot of 3-4 as a base of defense last year. It makes me wonder what we're going to do this year. Obviously, we're playing a 3-4 base, but what are we going to do in a nickel? Are we going to be doing a 4-2? Are we going to be playing a 3-3? Because Hassan Reddick, he's not really a hand-on-the-ground defensive end. Love that signing, but I want to use him right. So Jordan Davis, maybe he'll end up being the right pick. He definitely doesn't help us the most for this year compared to a guy like Kyle Hamilton or really any defensive back that we could have drafted in that spot. I hope he's great, but there's definitely the issues with the conditioning. I mean, how do you come to camp for your senior year, and how do you uh, come to the semifinal game in your senior year overweight? That doesn't make sense to me. How do you let yourself get to that? Especially camp. Was he just not working in the offseason? That's very worrisome to me. I agree. I, I mean, there there might be some discipline issues. He is a, a, a young kid. Um, he's coming into probably one of the deepest locker rooms at D-line in the league with Javon Hargrave, Fletch, Brandon Graham, and wow. the rest of our defense, really, like... You have, you have proven Pro Bowl caliber guys. They're going to tell him what to do and how to do it and when to do it. And uh, hopefully that puts him on the right track. I just, uh, like you said, uh, seeing him and Fletch on the field at the same time, like, you don't really want to take Fletch off the field or well, Javon Hargrave. Well, yeah, but you don't want to take Javon Hargrave off the field. And I could see us with our linebacker help now dropping one more down or Hassan Reddick on the outside, letting him speed rush. I think, not that I have any ounce of faith in Gannon and a Gannon defense, but I think we can see some interesting looks in the front seven this year for the Birds. Well, we better see something, because last year, just milk toast, vanilla defense. <laughs> yeah. Anti-blitz. He didn't really have any players. He's got some players this year. Yeah. I mean, Kaiser White added at, uh, at linebacker, and... Seriously, let's get back to Nicobe Dean. How did he fall to the third round? Because of a pectoral injury? That, that's what they're saying. That he he was told he doesn't need surgery on. Even if he does need surgery on it, that's not going to hold him back long term. 
That's not something that's going to slow him down year two, year three, year ten. Right. Yeah, this is a very short-term decision, probably made by in a panic move by bad GMs, let's be honest here, that players fall for a lot of different reasons, and it's usually general manager incompetence. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I hope it's not a case of how we think, and he's smarter than everybody else. But if it is, like you said, year one, we're not in a rush. That's a, that's a developmental guy that is going to have a super productive career in this defense. If uh, if our whole front seven stays around, sticks around, and stays healthy, well, I don't know about our DN sticking around because outside of Josh Sweat, I don't know how many of them I would even want here after after this year. Brandon Graham, I love him, but coming off an Achilles injury, that's yeah, tough. Yeah, it's scary. And who else do we have? Barnett. I mean, I can't even believe he's back. But well, guess, he said himself that he, he wants to come back and prove to Philly that he could play. I would love to prove to Philly that I can play as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't, but I would love to do it. <laughs> Two sacks in 17 games being the primary starter is a very bad look. Is he coming back for any amount of money? Not no, really. discount. Yeah, it was like borderline vet minimum. That sounds like a non-NFL player, at least not a starting caliber player. No, he's a rotation guy, and we have the guys for a rotation. Especially when you have guys that take plays off, you know. We need the ro- all the rotation we can get. Yeah. And, and don't forget, we have that kid, uh, what was his name, um, Milton Williams from like oh, yeah. Louisiana Tech or something. Yeah. He, he, he played with some fire last year. I like him. Yeah, they, call him they call him uh, Baby Fletch, which I don't know is much of a compliment after last year. but Well, we're talking like 2017 before. Yeah, yeah hold on. No. <laughs> this, is still, this is still a potential Hall of Fame caliber player. Yeah, before... Um, the, the backup gadget quarterback of the Saints picked him apart on film enough to win a game against him. That hurt. That did. And I don't think he's ever recovered from that foot injury in that game. He no. was probably playing hurt in that game. Yeah. Uh, our secondary is... is you're going to have to pick and choose where you're going to throw the ball. Uh, safety, apparently, there's a lot of faith in Marcus Epps. I believe it's Mike Epps. Oh, well, Mike Epps. Yeah, you know, big big 90s guy. No, not Mike Epps. Is it Marcus Epps? <laughs> no, it is Marcus Epps. Yeah, it is Marcus Epps. <laughs> Damn, you've been had. Not top flight security Mike Epps. Marcus Epps. <laughs> Apparently, uh, there's there's faith in him. Uh, he could play. Um, I love Anthony that James Harris Bradbury pickup. James Bradbury playing on the other side from D- big play Darius Slay. I, I like it a lot. Anthony Harris is, we got him cheap for another one-year deal. Um, he did not play bad last year, and he's a stand-up guy. I think he's a big locker room guy. That probably played in him coming back. Um, I like the Eagles' defense. Uh, Eagles' offense got better. I, yeah, I was going to say, I think as an outside observer, I think the best move of the offseason you've made is, in fact, the trade for A.J. Brown. I agree 100%. Giving, giving Jalen Hurts a true bona fide number one receiver really ups the potential he could reach. What's your expectations for Jalen Hurts and this Eagles' offense? So I told you guys I had a big statement. Here it is. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. And here it is. It is, of course, on Jalen Hurts. And it is that he will be benched by week eight. Wow. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. (laughs) That's not what me and Don Cotton thought you were going to say. I just wanted to trigger you all real quick. (laughs) (laughs) No. And uh, at some point during last year, I said that I saw him being maybe like Tyrod Taylor to Jeff Garcia. The more I look at it, the Tyrod Taylor's a little too low. I will say that's just too low. He, by the time Taylor started, he was 27. Uh, Hertz was at the le- was at least at his level at what was he 22 last year? Yeah. So 
not that anything I say ever ever mattered anyway, but I don't <laughs> think that uh, his uh, floor will be Tyrod Taylor. He might end up being like that. I hope not. I mean, I certainly want him to be a star. But I think we've given him the tools this year where he can really succeed and play at a high level. Um, I love the A.J. Brown signing, especially for, what was it, pick uh, 18 and 110 or 101 or something like that. Or 118. And we like got a, like a fifth like rounder back yeah. or something Not, like that. Don't forget, next year we got two first rounders again. Yeah. Fleeced the Saints. I mean, yeah, that was ridiculous. What are the Saints they, doing? They did not they, take Chris Olave too, a wide receiver at that pick. They probably would have gotten at their original slot. It was right. very bizarre decision. Very weird, you know. And they took Penning, oh. that bum left tackle that gets beat by the kid we drafted from. Oh my God, what, what is it? What was he? A sixth rounder? We picked him up in the sixth round, and and I don't even remember his name. I feel like a dick. Where was he from again? I couldn't tell you. But the the film of Penning getting beat by that undersized D end, that's the kid we picked up oh, in the sixth. Oh yeah, I do and remember. The, and the Saints that. splurged on him in the first. <laughs> I I love it. I lo- let the Saints doom and gloom pull themselves apart. Show show me a bus. Turns out Sean Payton may have been the brains in that operation. And that's saying something. <laughs> but I I mean AJ Brown comes in. Devontae Smith has a real vet to look up, to to look after him and show him the ropes because he didn't have that last year. Quez Watkins gets the room that he needs to develop as a three and potentially a two somewhere else if we need to flip him. I, I really like Quez Watkins. Jalen Rager. Gone. I, uh, he's not going to be gone. Yes, he, he will. He's. I don't think so. That might still be too much dead money. Yeah, yeah it probably is too much dead money because he's guaranteed – his whole rookie deal. Uh, um, don't like that. But, uh, you know, maybe we'll use him as a gadget player for... I hope not. If we're up in garbage time by 60 points, which is very a very real possibility with this Eagles offense and this Eagles defense. <laughs> well, we do um, start the year against the Lions, so maybe uh, Rager can have a big fourth quarter. <laughs> Rager will come in and play quarterback. That's my prediction. That's my hot take on the Eagles. Well, Rager will definitely be playing a hot quarterback. Take. The last two minutes of the first game of the season against Detroit, because we will be up a cool eighty-two to nothing. I can confidently <laughs> say that we are all hearing it here first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, you know, you know, Vegas. No matter how much of an ass whooping that game looks like on paper, they're gonna still have it be, be like Eagles minus six and a half. Probably so stupid. Um, in other news, we have a new tight end on the Eagles, and we didn't Great. draft him from anywhere this year. We didn't trade for him this year. No. True farm talent. Coming right out of our own wide receivers room, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. He said he's making the switch to tight end. Well, that's clearly a move to keep him on board as a, as a high-tier special teams player. There's almost certainly no room for him in a wide receiver room. Yeah, this is a just try to save your career moment. Jordan Matthews tried to do the same thing with the Niners one time. He should make the team, though. He's a top-tier special teams player. Maybe. That's not the kind of guy you just cut. And, I, and again, I'm assuming there could be some dead money on that. We, what was he, a 19-second rounder? Yeah, but we did draft a tight end, which I didn't understand because the tight end we drafted retired from football due to concussions at one point. But we did get him in the fifth round. Gotta love that. Yeah, we had the... Was it Jack Stoll that they liked yeah. last year? And then we had that uh, the QB turned tight end out of Buffalo, oh, yeah, but he Tyler tore his Jackson. ACL at the end of the year. Yeah, he so had something back problems last year too. Oh yeah, so something tells me he is going to be quote unquote not healthy come uh, September first or whatever the deadline is. 
So maybe Ortega Whiteside can make the team as a tight end, but really just be a special teamer. Uh, you can only burn so many spots on a pure special teamer, though. Uh, and uh, there's a guy to watch to me for a special teamer like that is uh, Britton Covey out of Utah. He's a little guy, wide receiver. He's only like 5'8". But he had some big punt returns. He had one against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl for a touchdown. Uh, we, I would not mind using a spot on a return specialist because we have not had anyone that can do even a mediocre job at that since Kenyon Barner in 2017. Like, sorry, Rager out there, just it doesn't work for me. Yeah, no. he's definitely one of the more good. interesting UDFAs this year. Yeah. Um, I think a huge hole in our offense right now is at running back. I mean, Miles Sanders has to prove it, unfortunately, because I know he's uber talented. Everybody does. You know, we've seen these flashes. But he, he doesn't find the end zone. He doesn't hit holes. I don't think he trusts himself. His hands are extremely questionable. I don't know. Like, it's he. We know that he can be so good. It's hard to move on. But I think if he doesn't perform this year, it's time. Uh, I think Kenny Gainwell gets a lot of carries this year. Boston Scott will probably see a lot of time this year. Um, and they're running behind. I think the best right tackle and the best left tackle in the league. We'll see what Jason Kelsey has left in the tank. And we have... Dickerson was great last year. Dickerson was great last year. And who, who do we have? Sayamalo at right guard? Could be him or it could be uh, the second round pick. Uh, oh, Cam Jurgens. Yeah. Yeah, there could be a little committee going on at the guard position this year. The, the line is solid. Really, no matter which way you roll it, whoever's playing where. With that line, though, it almost doesn't matter who your running back is. Like A lot of teams would like to build that way with just a great offensive line and just fit in a bunch of running backs that do a lot of different things. For sure. And obviously with Hertz's ability, I think we can have a good, run, uh, good running game pretty much no matter what the running backs do or who they are. Well, hopefully, hopefully Sanders shows up and, and makes himself a clear-cut one. But if not, I'm telling you, I'll say it again, Jordan Howard, I hope, you, I hope we bring him back. Fun to watch. I doubted you last year. Uh, this year, sure, let's do it. I'm all good. Right, okay. So now he's definitely not coming back because you said that. Well, no, he'll come back and then he'll run for 2.2 yards of carry and fumble the ball on the three-yard line down by three. Oh. Right, thanks for that. <laughs> anyway, Don, what do, you, what do you see from the outside looking in on Hurts? What do you think this year? I really like what he can do. He's in a, an amazing situation to take that next step in his second full year starting. He made the made the playoffs in year one and true number one receiver, a great number two, a great potential slot guy. A tight Dallas end. Goddard, a great tight end. He has everything he needs to take the next step and become truly one of the elite quarterbacks in the game. Where do you, where do you see him this year? Like maybe like a top ten QB finish. I th- I think the lo- I think his floor top ten I think he I think he can make it into that top five. Wow, Ooh. I would love to see oh, it. Oh man, I mean, top five because he's, ar- he's already the the number one running quarterback in the league. If he replicates or even comes close to those rushing stats and is throwing for like forty five hundred yards and forty touchdowns, like that's easy. That's a top five quarterback. I without think that question. makes us a Super Bowl Super Bowl contender. If yeah, absolutely. I mean, oh, sure. e- even a top ten Jalen Hurts could make you guys a Super Bowl contender with. Especially with that offensive line. If the defense isn't terrible. Yeah. That's yep. a good offseason recap of the birds. I'd say so. And I, I'm more positive than we were last year. Oh, absolutely. Like We even have people that were, were kind of liking Howie. 
Maybe we don't like him, but we uh, have a little more trust for yeah, him. he did a good job. And the best part is there's articles uh, coming out really today that I saw that uh, Jeffrey Lurie's take is taking a bit of a step back and handed over more control to Howie. So he's either gonna uh, he's either gonna succeed and it's gonna be great because we've got a good GM, or he's gonna fail and there's gonna be no well whose pick was that whose decision was that. We, you want it to be on Howie. You don't want the owner making these decisions. You can't have the king making decisions on the battlefield. You need to hold someone that you can get rid of responsible. I think that's, like, we're really going to see how we get to work now, especially with, like, Lurie publicly taking a step back. Because there's a reason that all these Eagles front office people are getting hired elsewhere. There's a reason that they're interviewing well and getting jobs around the league. Because I think Howie is a real deal GM. Hopefully, Jeff Lurie fucking actually backs the fuck off. <laughs> it's, it certainly has been very interesting uh, hearing how the city's attitudes have changed in a more positive light towards Howie, especially after this offseason. But I know for a goddamn fact that the attitudes in this city aren't going to be changing about Doc Rivers nah. anytime soon. He's got to go. He gotta go, and welcome to the transition. We are entering scary hours. We are entering the graveyard of a lost Sixers season. Gentlemen, going down in six games with the Miami Heat, what happened? Where did it go wrong? Doc Rivers left Joel Embiid in the game in garbage time, and he got his face broken by Spicy P. See, that's, Fuck Pascal Siakam. There's no way the Raptors were winning that game, bro. That was no. an intentional cheap shot. And they were never winning that game. But I'll still tell you this. We still got exposed for what our team really was against Miami. Because without Joel Embiid, you saw how useless and unplayable guys were. We we need depth. And there's going to be a lot of talk about Zach Levine and Bradley Beal. And maybe Matisse Stiebel will be in a trade. Maybe Tobias Harris. I think I would rather prioritize getting depth over another star like oh, that. Oh, for sure. I mean, if someone's going to say, we'll give you Clay Thompson for... Uh, if the Warriors will say, we'll give you Clay Thompson for... Tobias. Tobias, then that's tough to say no to. But in just what's a reasonable trade, I, I think we need more depth because we just can't go out there with four guys that can play and six guys that can't play more than yeah. ten minutes combined. Niang, I mean... The worst player in the playoffs for the second year in the row. Yeah, ever. He can be our 10th man, but he can't be a primary backup. We need Korkmaz, to... unfortunately, Done. my favorite sixer, he's got to go. If we could get Shake. rid of him for cash considerations, yes. we should take it. I'd take Ed Monix on a washing machine for Korkmaz. Um, Shake Milton, love him, should absolutely remain on this team. Should be one of the last guys coming off the bench, though, in yeah. on a true contender. Agreed. That's how deep we need to be, though. Yep. Because Shake is still a guy that could come in and get eight. Yeah, he's decent. He's, I don't know if you want him to necessarily be your backup point guard, but no, when no. you have Maxi and Harden and you're going to stagger them a little bit, right. you can get away with him, especially in the regular season. He's fine being a backup point. Right. You just don't want to have to depend on him to... He's not a liability in the playoffs, though. And that's what we need to get away from because the rest of our bench is. I, I'm happy to say Paul Millsap, I don't think he played a minute in the postseason. He retired at the uh, at the press conference at the end of uh, Game 6. Good. So happy trails. Good. You had a good career, but get out of the city. Yes, thank you. Um, B-Ball Paul, absolutely a big man that we can develop if we get rid of Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers Paul is the problem. Yeah, B-Ball I mean, you can't, you can't ask somebody to go in in the playoffs against... 
one of the better bigs in the league in Bam Adebayo and ask him to find a rhythm when you're giving him four minutes at a time and he's in foul trouble, well, which is something he needs to work on himself. But, I mean, you can't ask a guy to find rhythm it, it, pulling him in and out and giving him zero minutes in the regular season besides garbage time against an, a 40-point a blowout in OKC. I feel like that leads me into where I feel ended up being the biggest problem for the Sixers. I feel towards the end of the season, Doc Rivers got into a pissing contest with the media, with the fans, and that pressure put put too much pressure on Joel Embiid and James Harden. These guys should have been resting more down the stretch, more in March, more in April. It was very clear that even though they were at disadvantage, like we've seen what these guys can do when they're healthy, when they're rested. Even they could have given more to overcome that disadvantage if they were well rested, along, better rested along the way. Um, you saw how teams rest Miami. You saw how yeah. my, the Miami Heat rest. That what Doc was doing was no even comparison. We, Joel and B and James Harden played forty minutes in the second to last game of the season. Yeah, they're trying to win a game that didn't really Against count for the anything. Indiana Pacers. Yeah, and he's Embiid certainly wanted to get the MVP, so I'm sure that factored in that Doc wanted to give him a chance. He wanted him to get the games. He wanted him to get the stats to win it. But you just can't worry about that. Like I never was really all that into like jumping on board. Oh yeah, Embiid for MVP. I think he should have won MVP. I just flat out don't care about it. Right, and I neither just should flat he. Flat out don't care about those regular season awards. Jokic right. can go win twelve more MVPs. Well, he was for on his he I was care. on his couch the first week of the postseason. So there's that. What yeah, does that Nuggets tell you about? got spanked. Who, yeah, uh, cool. I mean, Nuggets Twitter is the most cancerous group of people I've ever experienced, and we're part of Philly Twitter. I've been telling <laughs> you guys this for years. Jokic beat riders do not know or care about basketball. Vorp. They, oh, they, all Vorp. I heard is Raptor. Vorp. Raptor. Who gives a fuck? Where is he at come five days into the postseason? Down 3 nothing. Yeah, anytime you got to use all these different formulas to tell me why a guy is a good defender, I'm just tuning you out. Like, yeah. just, just watch a game. And tell me how good he is. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. He gets assists. He gets steals. He gets... Oh, he's an amazing player. Yeah, he's really he's good. A, he's on pace for a first ballot Hall of Fame career, and he deserves it. Uh, like, 100%. No doubt. There's there's really... I don't know if I've ever seen a, a big man that can pass like him, that can dribble like him. Like, he's outstanding. What really annoys me, though, is, and this comes from both Nuggets and Philly fans, is they have they just feel like they have to detract from each other's yeah. games way too much, and to, they, we all go just go overboard. Oh, Embiid sucks. No, Jokic sucks. All right, both of them are amazing. Yeah. Why are we worrying so much about a regular season award? You know who I found to be less than exciting to watch? James Harden. Yeah, he did not have his best series. And, Don, I know you're a huge James Harden backer. I don't want to see him in a Sixers uniform next year. And that's absolutely a mistake because with Miami's defense, full aggro, full concentration on him, sure, he did not have his best series, but I feel that was more of an overall systematic failure. Failure on Doc, failure to put any supporting cast, failure to get these guys any meaningful rest. You could tell Harden's hammy was breaking down a bit at the end there. Could you? Yeah. I couldn't. All I saw was him missing fucking shots left and right. I hope it was his hamstring. And turnovers. Does a hamstring force you to turn the ball over 14 times in a game? When the defense is only focused on one player and not a single other person is making any meaningful contribution, 
How many times in the in that possession did Harden have them dribble the ball for eighteen seconds? Like four people just fucking stood and did nothing. But that, how many times did we see Harden try to dri- go in and have to full pull back out because nobody's around, nobody's doing anything? Where's the plays? Where's any sort of basketball action? Why are four guys just standing around like hot dogs? What happened here? What is Doc Rivers coaching? And even when those guys did get open, like part of Harden's game kind of means he needs people to kick it out to three, and those guys couldn't hit the threes. Yeah. So they just collapsed around him and didn't really worry about just about anyone uh, else. Hey, on the if, team. if Danny Green doesn't go 0 for 11 in game one in Miami, we win that game. Yeah, and if he doesn't end his career in Game 6, maybe we get it to Game 7. Uh, I don't know. I think they outplayed us completely in Game 6. Yeah, they did. But yeah, yeah, but Danny Green's injury, that's real. that really ended it. Yeah. Because as much as we hated on Danny Green this year, he was still competent. Oh, he, was, yeah. he was still the fifth most useful player. Yeah, which is, uh, again... Indicative. Right. We need depth because that's not acceptable. Matisse Thibel, I'm sure the last podcast, if you want to check receipts, we were all like, fuck no, we're not getting rid of Maxi, we're not getting rid of Thibel. Two young stars, guess what? Dumb. Thibel's got to go. Thibel had to go. so happy we didn't get rid of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's going to be a generational talent. He's going to be an all-star. He's going to be a a household name. Thibel, hope hope he finds meaningful minutes somewhere else. One for two isn't bad. Yeah, yeah. Thibel <laughs> yeah. need, needs to go. He needs to be trained for a shooter, for depth, yeah. any kind of depth player. Apparently, uh, Chicago loves him. You think they'll uh, give us Zach Levine for Thibel straight up? Or, uh, uh, so. <laughs> not that it financially would even work. They but. have a few interesting pieces. I, I like Kobe White. The guy's a bucket. He is a bucket. But you know what? If DeMar DeRozan says, hey, fuck you, Chicago, I want to go play with Embiid, guess what? Spend the money. DeMar DeRozan, a real legitimate bucket. Who else are we trading, though? Have I'll, trade <laughs> I would trade Maxi. I would trade Maxi. I'm not trading Harris for DeRozan. There's a select oh. few players I'll trade Tyrese Maxi for, and I do not think he is one of them. Uh, Tobi- I would trade Tobias and Matisse for Demar Derozan. We, I, would I don't also, think Chicago. I'll do that would in a take, second. I don't think Chicago would take that trade. It'd leave us with no rebounding. Harris already is a subpar rebounder for his position, but I want to see who really who really comes out and says, "Hey, like I need to get to Philly." I feel like it's going to happen because at the end of the day, no matter how badly things ended, season to season, you have a short memory, and for good, hopefully for good reason in most times. Yeah, I hate that we still, might be wasting Embiid. I don't think we are. We still have two top ten players. We got two top fifty guys. Even if there's no one else around them, that's still something to work with in today's NBA. You can get the you can get the role players and the bench players to fill out a team with that to caliber of talent at the top. Yeah, just got to be smart. You got to find the right guys. I mean, P.J. Tucker was on the scrap heap. He was a vet minimum guy, and we chose not to sign him. Would have loved to have him, but those are the kind of guys that was better than just about anyone we had on the bench, as you're over there flinching. Yeah. Uh, but or, Think about Victor Aladipo coming yeah. back from serious injury, make, playing meaningful minutes in both the last years against us and in he the He has never been finals. a scrub. Don't forget. He has he No, was he was an all-star in yes. Indiana. He was a great player. Great player. And and that's... That's the kind of moves the Sixers need to make. Exactly. TJ Warren, Pacers. Right. Try, try to find a way to get him here. Right. Look at the Eastern Conference now. Everybody used to, you know, shit on the East. Like, the rightfully the, so. Yeah, of course. But now look at it. Like, the Bucks are stacked. The Heat, 
so deep. The Celtics, superstars, literally four of the five on the... And, I mean, like, and, they got two stars. They got some really great pieces. Let me say this, though. Al Horford is playing out of his fucking gourd this yeah, year. Yeah, this, this is like Atlanta Hawks, Al Horford. Right. Like, he's having a crazy season. <laughs> Where it's like Boston Celtics, Al Horford. Can you believe... No, just... he's gone beyond. Like, it's he's been crazy, and I'm sick about it. Well, I think if anything has uh, happened with Al Horford is that it's Brett Brown is never coaching again because Brett Brown looked at Al Horford and said... Yeah, I know how we can use him. Yeah. And we got the worst Al Horford has ever looked in his entire life. And I, I am all on board with completely br- blaming Brett Brown for that. Horford is Horford doesn't do these athletic, athletic freak of nature things by accident. The dude is a real deal basketball player. Brett Brown misused him abusively. Yes. Horrific. And, even, and it made us use Tobias Harris completely wrong, too. Agreed. But yeah, you know oh. what? I don't. I don't hate Tobias Harris, man. Like, Not Tobias Harris at the three was disgustingly bad. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Tobias yeah. at the four is a good right? ass player. I like Tobias at the four. He is that that veteran presence, especially now with Danny Green gone. Uh, Toby fits on the Sixers, man. He really does. I yeah. If you're gonna move him, that's a lot of money to move around. How are you gonna rebuild the bench and find a better four that complements and beads game? That's what I'm saying. We're already spending the money. You're probably not going to find someone better, but you might be able to get someone who's almost as good plus a bench player. That's the really going to be the question. Can a deal like that come along? And I think that really is going to be one of the bigger questions of the offseason. We'll see, man. I'm not worried about finding the depth. Yeah. People are going to want to play with Joel and B and James Harden. Like that's facts. Yeah, I just I don't I don't care for Bradley Beal. No, Bradley Beal is one of the most overrated superstars even before he picked up a major injury. Yeah. Trading Tyrese Maxey for him would not be a move. That I just don't like that. No, he doesn't fit. Beal did score 30 a game two seasons ago now. Yeah, but he just doesn't fit. He, he, do- doesn't, he fit doesn't play he defense. Doesn't really fit, he doesn't no. really fit. <laughs> he doesn't fit as long as we have Harden. Let Maxey keep playing. I'd rather have Maxey. Yeah, Maxey is better than Bradley Beal right now. And he's literally pennies on the dollar compared to a Beal oh, contract. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've... Fuck. I'm excited to see who our, our starting five is next year. Yeah, who's gonna play who's gonna play at the small forward position? That is probably the other biggest question of the offseason. There's Pro- a weird similarity between us and the uh, Lob City Clippers now. Uh, we both uh, we got four guys and then a complete black hole at small forward. Yeah. For the, for, for Doc and the Clippers there, it was the yep. ghost of Paul Pierce. It was post process Luke Bahamute. I don't know what it is about him. He just he, he can't get that guy. No. No, hold on now. We can't do that without even seeing what moves they're going to make. The, the the fucking bums from this year are leftovers. We have to see what Daryl Morey and Doc put together as their new bench. Yeah. Surely it can't be worse than Lob's. Lob City bench is one of the all-time worst benches. No, I just almost... hate that, that Daryl Morey immediately came out and said Doc's sticking around. Well, I hate that. You know, all right, here's my hot take for, for the Sixers. I already gave you one for the Eagles. It was hot, all right. It was, or very cold, painfully cold. I'm sweating. I think that in the next three years, we see, wait for it, the savior of Philadelphia, Andre Iguodala, in a coaching role for the Sixers. Has he expressed interest in, head co- in coaching at all? When Steve Kerr went down with COVID... Andre Iguodala was coaching from the bench. Interesting. Finals MVP. 
I'd Hall of Famer. It's a great coaching resume. Dude, I, I... He has the basketball credentials to step in and, and possibly people will make listen a to good him. coaching impact. That's my hot take for the Sixers. That's my long-range hot take for the Sixers. Short-range hot take for the Sixers, Joel Embiid wins MVP next year. By a mile. I agree. And then we get booted in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm not liking your hot take. I'm really not. Yeah, that's hey, I'm crazy, man. That's what that's what happens when we don't do a podcast for I don't know six months. Nah, it's when we've been like three. Or that feels probably like, three. Feels like it was February. It was right before I went to Florida. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's a long time. Ago. Yeah, it was. Things were so much simpler. We had just traded for Harden. We were on our way to a championship. Oh oh oh! I would be remiss if I did not mention. You're listening to the Fuck Ben Simmons podcast. Didn't play a single second for the Nets. Predictable. Oh, embarrassment. The national media had finally closed in, too, on how much of just a fucking ass clown this guy is. I'm so glad the entire world just knows now. Looking at cameras saying, make sure you get this. And then Nancy Duncan... Okay, let me not say that, because I can't dunk a basketball. Dunking a basketball, like... 2K finger roll package. Cool, bro. I accidentally held B for too long. I mean, what a fucking clown. And I know that you have to mention it when you're talking about Ben Simmons. Maybe there's something fucked up in his brain. Oh, there's no maybe. He is very bad. All right, there's definitely something fucked up in this dude's head. But what the fuck? I do not think he plays a single game for the Brooklyn Nets. I think they will trade him in the offseason because they have to. It seemed like Steve Nash didn't even understand that he was available to to practice. Well, he wasn't really season. available to practice. No, but he, was he? he was, yeah. He was cleared, and then he said, oh, my back. And Steve Nash was like, I thought it was what back happened? the whole time. Right? <laughs> you, you're saying you're ready to go, and then your back hurt? Dude, you're in an elimination game. You're about to get swept by the fucking Celtics, and you self-advertised, self-proclaimed, nationally credited best defensive player in the league decide that you can't suit up for a fucking game four elimination game to avoid a sweep? This is an all-time cowardly. Let's be serious. Why would you even want to bring Ben Simmons into that game, though? I mean, you're down 3-0. You're going to get this guy who hasn't played basketball this year, hasn't really practiced with the team, and he's going to come help. You give him 18 minutes, and I guarantee you Jalen Brown doesn't score a basket. Don't forget that this man is elite on defense. Elite. He did get back surgery like two days later, so I don't know how yeah, that was going I to affect that. him. But anything can happen when you have KD on your team. And why wouldn't you bring him in to play game four? It's the most meaningless game. It's over. You're down 3-0. You're, get, you're yeah. going to lose the series. That's true. I guess you might as well just throw anything you can at him. But Right, as you should. Uh, to avoid a sweep, that's embarrassing. To get him back into the game, like to at least see what he looks like next to your star players before you have to go through a whole nother offseason. I don't think Kyrie sticks around for Brooklyn. I would love to see Kyrie opt out. Eh, I don't know. I, I, I could see him sticking around, but I don't know. It's completely unpredictable what Kyrie is going to do. I would uh, take Seth Curry back in a heartbeat and Drummond. Oh, yeah. Seth Curry and Drummond come back, uh, we're playing in the finals. We do not want Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond got embarrassed in that series. He got ran off the floor. I think he still would have played more meaningful minutes than B-Ball Paul. I don't don't even know about that. He would have been better than DeAndre Jordan, but B-Ball Paul's contribution to the playoffs lapped what Drummond did. 
Drummond got, was one of the worst players in the playoffs. He but was, we also he had was George one of the Niang. for the sweep. <laughs> yeah, but Niang could at least sometimes hit a three. I'm sorry. Do you want a, a front court, backup front court of two of the worst players in the playoffs? Yes. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> Drummond could be one of the worst players in the playoffs, but he's still an upgrade over what we had. So, you know, it's worth it. To vet minimum anyway. I mean, yeah, over DeAndre Jordan, sure. Yeah, that was a, that was a f- very frustrating pickup. Washed. I can't believe that I really said that we should trade uh, Curry instead of Thibel. Yeah, that's that's a, that's bad. Yeah, that Curry a pure that, shooter. Yeah, Curry off the bench would have been would have been huge for us. I would have rather have been trying to gun for one thirty every game than do what yeah. we ended up doing. Well, as we sit here, um, Golden State's up three zero on the Mavs, and Boston is down two one two one to the Heat. That game's yeah. tonight. That game is tonight. Um, Golden uh, State's winning. Golden it all. State's gonna win it all. Yeah, they have too much. That that's a championship team of three guys who have multiple rings all playing together, and then you have a Wiggins on the redemption tour playing the Harrison Barnes role. Uh, they just Jordan look too Poole. good. Jordan yeah. Poole coming off the bench is honestly better than anybody they had coming off the bench during their original championship. I'd like runs. to get your opinion. Like on scoring was. I work with a guy who is adamant that Luca is a top three basketball player in the league. What do you think about that? Top threes. That's a LeBron, KD, and Bead. No, even you could go Jokic, Giannis. So I, I'd say I'd say six maybe. So top six. Yeah. Top five. He could squeeze for top five. Man, I don't no, know. No, maybe not. No, I wouldn't take him over any of those five I listed. Yeah. I'm not. His yeah, argument no. is that bigs don't count. Which I immediately laugh at every time. That he doesn't says even it. make any sense. What do you yeah. mean bigs don't count? Is the guy better or not? Yeah. Uh, well. I don't know, man. He's adamant that Luca is a surefire MVP next year. It could be in the Hall of Fame if he ended his career right now. Which well, no, he couldn't. No. Not if he ended his career right, right now. Right now, no, no. That's that's for no one. It doesn't and make any a, sense. And as a top three player in the NBA, and usually it depends on what day you catch him. He'll say that he's the best player in the league. Sheesh. This guy really needs to just like go start a fan club or something. He well, needs to take tight- that. He, he needs to take that man's glizzy out of his mouth. That's what he needs. <laughs> he's a Titans fan from New Jersey, so oh, irrelevant. <laughs> Titans fan. And then, uh, well, I guess that's the end of that. I don't want to talk about the Sixers anymore. It makes me not happy. Well, you know who else is careening well towards irrelevance? The Philadelphia Phillies. What a segue. <laughs> Joe Girardi, clown Girardi, as he's well known on this pod has once again mismanaged this team into mediocrity. So far, we are hovering around 500 as we're getting ready to transition into June, and we have had a lot of blunders along the way. A lot. We started the season with Alec Bohm being the absolute weakest player in the organization, Mm. and he turned it around, and he's our best bat now. And defensively, he hasn't been a liability really in the last month. He's still Five not weeks. great, but you know he's hitting enough to make up for it. Yeah, yeah, he's he's taken a major leap. He now looks like a credible major league player. We're not sure if we're going to get the top prospect we once thought, but if he becomes a good everyday major league player, we can't ask for much more than that. No, um, the the biggest problem, and I think we talk about it literally every day, 
is the leadoff spot. The lineup. Joe Girardi. Oh my God. We what? Cord. What yeah. the fuck is wrong with you? How how an oblivion are you going to sign Kyle Schwarber, one of the top five, top three leadoff hitters in baseball last season and for the past couple seasons, and not play him at the leadoff position over? I think he was taken out what maybe game five. Yeah. And then maybe reinserted three or four more times so far. Disgusting. This is just this is incompetence at its finest. Just having a revolving door of not just lineups, but also just leadoff hitters. Especially when we have a pretty damn large sample size that says Kyle Schwarber, elite leadoff man. Kyle Schwarber, garbage everywhere else. <laughs> What are we doing here? Like it's like we're seeing how we've had ten years of no playoffs just live in real time. Yeah, and what's so frustrating is that Girardi's an AL manager. He should know this. He's right. familiar with AL lineups. He also loves analytics. Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, he that loves the first four letters of that word. That book. That book he carries. I don't know what kind of analytics are in there, but it's not any of the real ones because the Astros and the Rays use analytics. Yeah. So uh, Segura isn't a bad leadoff hitter. I'd be fine with Segura. That'd be even. That'd be a better option. Than what we're doing right now in a move of desperation. <laughs> Joe Girardi's going on about Reese Hoskins leading off. Uh, it's sickening. Yeah. So right now, I, I believe Schwarber is actually leading the league in home runs. He's not really getting any other hits. He's still getting his walks though. So yeah, I feel like we're better off just putting him in you know the position that he's been best at, batting him lead off. And if he stinks at it for a month. Or maybe three weeks, whatever. Then all right, then you can move him because he's gotta he's gotta earn it. He's gotta earn to keep playing in that spot. But we're not using the guy how we how we're supposed to, and and we're wondering why he's not playing well. I I get that, but I disagree with that logic entirely. What do you mean he has to earn the position he's the best at? That makes no sense. Well, no, I mean you play him there, and if and if he's bad for an extended period, then you gotta move him. We're talking about like months, though. You need sample sizes to say an elite player is wow. not going to even average out back into an average player over the course of the season. Well, whatever the sample size needs to be, it needs to be more than what we've tried. Hell you yeah! Can't five games and say we gotta switch it up. That's not even remotely acceptable. No, I understand that Harper's injury kind of throws a wrench in everything, but not really, though. These, are, these are the everyday decisions off. that are getting wrong, too. Pitching has been less Man. than stellar, which Coming isn't around, helping. It is, it's getting better, and that's that's typical of, of a Phillies bullpen. You know, we get three. Good, we get a good game from each starter, and then we fall into oblivion and have to work our way out of it. Happens every year. Um, Castellanos. Better than last year, but on and off. Yeah. Um, Castellanos. I like the man, but man, that man's arm is weak as shit. And he's slow as fuck. (laughs) That man's got a noodle. Yeah. And Harper can't play the field, so we got all these guys that can't field, like Reese and Bohm and Castellanos and Schwerber, and they all got to play the field. Getting rid of Jankowski kind of seems like a bad move. I don't... Is he even in the league still? Yeah, he's playing every day for the Mets. Really? Yeah. Every day. 
Well, can we get him back and put him in center? Because Roman Quinn's like legitimately the worst baseball player I've ever seen in my life. But he's got to be the fastest dude in the MLB. Yeah, he gets I a pass. Don't care. He gets a pass. No, yeah. he doesn't. Elite speed, absolutely. Elite gets speed a pass. is always needed. On <laughs> yeah. the bench. Batting like one fifty with that like man, a two hundred on base percentage. I hate to burst And he just won reason. yesterday's game for us. Yeah, but he's Great. batting one forty two. I hate to say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how fast you are. I don't, we could get you same bolt up here if he's gonna hit like uh, Roman Quinn. I don't want him. Nah, I don't know. I think he earns a spot on the roster because he's the no, fastest man alive. He is too bad. He's not even that good of a defender. He's got the worst arm. He's got like he's got an arm worse than me. I think. Uh, I don't think he has a worse arm than Castellanos. No, Castellanos couldn't throw from like shallow into second yeah. base. Roman Quinn can't either. <sighs> Without speed, tell me something that Roman Quinn does at even as high as a subpar level. Nothing, but it doesn't matter because you need pinch, pinch runners. <laughs> if we don't have anyone else that's, that can have that speed, it, it, it doesn't matter. Speed. He's too bad to play, in my opinion. Like he He's not even a triple-A player. He's a double-A player. Wow, that's a stretch. JT looking like a double-A player. Yeah, well, yeah when he plays first base. Well, he's been pretty bad at catcher, too. I well, mean, between a calling by. a game... Well, calling a game, I guess. ...and hitting, he's not been good at that. I was, he hasn't been picking off runners that well so far, either. I was big that we should sign him. He's the best catcher in the league. He didn't have a history of injuries. His body wasn't going to fall apart. Well, I don't know what's going on, if his body fell apart or not. But he's sure not playing well, and he wasn't very good last year, either. And for the si- and for vet minimum, the Astros bring back defensive whiz Martin Maldonado for like one point two million dollars. And who's giving right now about the same hitting production as JT? So once again, strike another point for don't fucking pay catchers. Apparently not. What do uh, we do about shortstop? Because Bryson Stott right now just is garbage. not good enough to be in the major leagues. Why can't I, Didi play shortstop? Well, he's hurt right now. Okay, but when he comes back, why can't Where's he play Where's Nick Maton? Get rid of these bums and try out the last person that actually had success at the yeah. position. So first, so Didi, uh, even despite his injury, uh, when he was playing, he was getting hits, but they were all singles, and he still wasn't particularly good defensively. Maton has uh, turned it up a little bit in AAA recently. He's gotten his average up, uh, I believe it's around 250, I think it was 252 on-base percentage, I think it was about 311. Uh, so he's kind of gotten it together. Um, I wouldn't be totally opposed bringing him up, especially with how bad Stott's doing. But I think we'll see him sooner than later. I think so. Joe Girardi hates him. I, 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 I believe that the sky will turn fucking mango before <laughs> mango purple blue black before Joe Girardi will ever bring back Maton because there's something sick in this man's head. We could could we Girardi. see Girardi get fired? Yes. Yes. You think so? Absolutely. If we get swept by the Mets MDW he will be gone. Really? I think any sweep at this point he's done. Do we know if Otani's slated to pitch when the Angels come to town? I don't think he is unfortunately. Fuck. Because that's a game I'd pay for. Oh, yeah. I would still pay to get out there, though. The Angels have a nice little team going on. We could boo yeah. Mike Trout. I'd love to go boo Mike Trout. We could do that. I'd love to go boo Shohei, too. That'd yeah, be I, would, yeah that, I mean, he's going to play. I just want to see him pitch. I want to heckle Shohei on time. Actually, that I don't really want to see him pitch because odds are... Because I want to see if we don't want to pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, now. Well, you know, it could be one of those games where the bats work. Yeah, I don't know. I Against don't know. him? No, I don't Good know. luck. 
Um, in other news, even though we're so far back in the standings, it doesn't matter, even though it's only May, Scherzer's out for what looks like eight weeks. Yeah. The bad. standings don't matter this early. The Mets are the Mets. I would like to see them actually maintain the early season success they've had before crowning them. I would like to see every pitcher in the league continue to throw at them. It's be been fun. hilarious so far. Oh, I love that. Pete Alonso took one off the dome the other day. I don't Again. necessarily need to see that, but it is funny to see the Mets and their fans whining that everybody hates someone. It's like, ah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We do, in fact, all hate you. Unfortunately, in what comes as completely unsurprising from a Yankees player, blatant racism in the MLB. <laughs> that was pretty ridiculous. And I'm very <laughs> excited to see the Sox torch the Yankees when they take the when they're up at the plate today. I'm excited so, to see the uh, reception for the Yankees team bus there on the south side of Chicago. I might look something like, might look on like China at the Olympics, unfortunately. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, and, uh, what a terrible so, time. So who who was it on the uh, Yankees that said it? Josh Donaldson, right? And he approached Tim Anderson, who, in all fairness, has been touting himself as the next Jackie Robinson, which. As a side note, is unbelievably arrogant and delusional yeah. to even imagine yourself in the same caliber as Jackie now, is Robinson. Is he talking playing wise, off the field wise? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't You're matter. comparing yourself to one of the leading civil rights leaders of the 20th century who is also one of the best second basemen of all time. That's a heck of a standard to set for yourself. I mean, shoot high, but. Yeah. Also, pick a target you can hit. <laughs> don't don't say that out loud. Don't say out loud that you're trying that you are that. You can tell it to the poster you have hanging in your room, but I don't. You shouldn't let anybody else hear that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And here we go. We have Josh Donaldson coming up to him and calling him out on this. Saying, "Yeah, yeah, Jackie." Yeah, and it's not. And a he admitted look. it too, which is, I mean, surely going to get him thrown at tonight. Probably. Yeah, he's getting thrown at tonight. Game, Actually, no. Uh, Donaldson has COVID right now. He's got, he's going to be out, and he's going to take a one game suspension and one upon his return. Wait, he got COVID after he called him Jackie. Yes. Oh, so all the Sounds so the White Sox might all have COVID too. The two TBH will remains to be seen. Oh, I did not see that update. Wow, that sucks. However, conveniently. When he, what a convenient time to get COVID. Once he does come back from COVID, he will also be serving a one game suspension for this. Good. That's good. You know what weird thing I noticed in my years of playing baseball? Whenever there was a guy wearing number 42, nine times out of ten it was a white guy. I don't yeah. know why. You don't always, really see it too often. It was really weird. Well, of course you can't see it in pro ball, at least yeah. not any affiliated ball. But, yeah, I remember I was talking to a guy the one time. He's uh, standing at first base. I'm in the first base dugout. I'm like, hey, yo, Jackie. Thing is, it was a white guy wearing number 42. I'm like, seriously, why, all the numbers, all the numbers you can pick. It was probably his football number or something. Uh, he didn't look like a football player, but maybe Soccer. it was... Eh, who knows? Ew. I don't know. It's just like one of those things I just feel like you should stay away from. There's not necessarily anything wrong with it. Yeah. Just, like, don't be that guy. No, it's like when Bryce Harper wouldn't wear 34 when he came to Philly. Well, he and couldn't. The number was retired, right? Wasn't it? Not yet, I don't think. Uh, well, we had plans to retire it, I believe. Right. But, I mean, just out of respect. And that's not even, like, on the same level. Obviously, it, completely different circumstances, but... Because Bryce Harper, you know he would have been able to strong-arm that if he really wanted to. If he was, you know, a dick. <laughs> right, yeah. But he did not, out <laughs> yeah. of respect. Yeah. Which is a feel-good thing for Philly, because we don't get too much of that. 
Um, what did the Flyers do? Oh, we don't care. Uh, <laughs> oh, I actually went to a Flyers game. Uh, me, How cheap was I'm it? I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, it was pretty cheap. Uh, so me and my friend Katie, shout out to Sisterly Pod. Um, at the end of the first period, we snuck right down into center. and We were like three rows away from center ice. Uh, we were right next to the penalty box. And so we, us, we're, me, her, and a dad, and of course his young child, were heckling this man in the penalty box. Was he on the Flyers or the other team? It was on the other, it was the other team's penalty box, oh, gloriously good. enough. Who was the team? Ottawa. Ah. Yeah. One of the few teams that I think was actually worse than the Flyers. They were so, slightly better, we checked. Oh, okay. It wasn't by much, but they were a little bit better. Well, either way, you saw a glorified minor league game and... Well, it was I'm, a bad look for that man because not only was he just dropping f bombs in front of his young kid, uh, he ends up apologizing to the player as he leaves the penalty box. What? Weak, weak sauce. What a what a what a thing that doesn't happen in Philadelphia. Too. Bum. He realized what a he, bad influence on that child. He realized the kid was gonna go home and say, "Yeah, mom, it was a great game. Dad told the guy in the penalty box he could suck his." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's none of that, yeah. Uh, I watched Dad drink 15 beers. <laughs> and then he threw one of them onto the ice. Yeah. So minor league hockey, it's lit. You could sneak down to the center ice after <laughs> yeah. the first period. That's like what we used to do in the middle of the process. Yep. We're, oh, yeah. The Flyers are heading for the process era. It, it's coming. Only they don't know it. The losing's not intentional. That's when we had elite Michael Carter-Williams throwing dimes on the... On the hardwood down in Philly. We used to get into games for less than a dollar and usually free. Tony Roten, baby. Tony oh, Roten. The got, Elton brand. Spencer Halls. Don't forget him. I still got my Michael Carter-Williams jersey that I bought at the uh, Sixers Beach Bash at the now-demolished Jack's Place. Hey, remember when we met Nerland's Noel down in Avalon? I do. I know he it's, does. It was it. the same I, nor, day. <laughs> nor, nor does he remember anything from that day because his eyes were redder than the devil's dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was stoned all right. The lady he was with was extremely attractive, so that's I don't remember good for her. Him. I'll never forget that. I was in high school. You don't forget things like that. Anyway, yeah. good to see you guys. Yeah, yeah. Glad it's be definitely been nice doing another episode. We needed to catch up. When was the first episode that we did? It was. It had to be right around here. Bro, no, probably was, like mid. It was like mid August. Oh, you think it was that late? Because we were somewhat deep into Philly season. Yeah, we were pretty yeah. deep. Oh, in the yeah, year. because that's May- when we called up Galvis. Maybe late July, Maybe late July at the earliest, I'd say. Interesting. All right, so we're 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 approaching a year shortly. I mean, we got Phillies baseball back. True. That's why we started the pod. Yeah, and we will definitely be back to talk about some more Phillies baseball. I think we should change our like profile picture on Spotify because it's of a Nationals player with. The, the Rally, Rally Mantis. Mantis. It's the Rally Mantis. It's become the, irrelevant. Kind of it may have become irrelevant, yeah. but that was an astronomically biblical series. Yes. But whatever we do, we'll figure it off. Figure it out off air. Yeah. Because we've been here for 55 minutes too long. That's correct. Oh, and if you're, you guys are listening to this, still listening, uh, we thank you, but God, I can't believe you actually requested this. But yeah. we we appreciate our fans. We back. We will be dropping more content, more regular intervals. Signing the fuck off. Fuck Ben Simmons. Fuck Ben Simmons.